How many of you were here last week? Okay, three of you, four of you. Okay. In, in the b- before the sit, when I talked about uh, uh, different approach to beginning your meditation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, have you experimented with that further, and what kind of feedback can you give? Me? It was harder, actually. It, it was harder for yeah. you. So I just went right back. <laughs> What's that? I just went right back to the focus on the breathing because I thought it would be easier, mm-hmm. uh, and it was just harder. Okay. Somehow, just being too aware of, I don't know, the. Uh, so it, it's not even really that useful as a way to go from being busy in the world to focusing on your breathing. It's easier just to go straight to the breathing. For me, it was, but I, okay. but I try both. Okay. And in your... Uh, has it, It's usually been pretty easy for you to go directly to breathing and stay with it? Um, it's not easy, uh, but it's... Um, compared to the other meditations that I do, it's mm-hmm. much easier. It's, it is easier. To feel, uh-huh. you know, to feel more focused, to feel okay. that you are actually... Um, right starting to be more focused and more aware. Yeah. Okay. That's good feedback. That's useful there. Anybody else have anything to uh, say with the, about their experience with it? It's something, like I think I've always just been doing that and so that's just sort of part uh-huh. of my routine. So I mostly do it usually and it mm-hmm. helps because usually I don't know, my mind's racing or sleepy or something, and yeah. it just sort of helps me focus. Right. Well, it's always a good way to, to begin. And whenever I've done a guided meditation, you know, that's how we've always started out. And for those of you that weren't here last week, let me just go over what I'm talking about. Trying to find better ways to, uh, to help people get to a place of stability and focus. And... The idea I'm discussing is one that I'm not sure just exactly how applicable it is or to whom, but I'm thinking that it's probably most applicable to those people who still encounter a fair bit of instability and tension and a lot of forgetting and mind-wandering. Um, but, but that's just my... I don't know until I get the feedback. Okay. <clears throat> But usually, when uh, when I have when I when I lead a guided set, and uh, without really thinking about this, uh, I think I've always kind of encouraged people to do this, and I've always done this myself. But I don't know that I've ever talked about it that much. And that is that you sit down, you get quiet, and you get steady, and, and you just get present in your body, and you feel you feel what it's like to be in your body. And that helps to get you into the present moment. Sort of notice the the uh, pressure of your body against the cushion and the touch of the clothes on your skin and the feel of the air and everything like that. And then as your mind begins to calm and as your body begins to settle, then naturally, just naturally, you become aware of the sensations of the movement of the breath simply because that's the most prominent thing that's going on. Well, of course, other than outside noises and the thoughts that are in your mind. 
but in terms of bodily sensations and if you're just getting into your body, what you just your mind naturally moves to the ground. And so I've always sort of thought of this as the natural way of as I was saying a minute ago, coming from being busy with the world to settling down and coming to your breath. And have usually thought of it as something that would occupy, at the most, the first few minutes of your sit, and as just a way to begin. But what I was asking people to experiment with, especially those who found themselves uh, still experiencing some agitation and being prone to distraction is that they maybe slow that down and just take take their time with it and uh, spend as long as you need just being in awareness of, of your body and exterior sounds and using that sensory awareness to help let the mind become more quiet and to uh, to maybe experience at least a less vigorous degree of uh, sort of mental, emotional imagery, uh, all of these kinds of things that that are constantly arising in our minds. To to use the bodily sensation, the the attention to the bodily sensation to help quiet the mind somewhat. And then likewise, instead of rushing it, but just you know, even if it takes the whole period of the sit to get to the point of bringing the attention to to the breath at, at some particular focus like the nose, it doesn't really matter. But going at your own pace, and so that's what I'm encouraging people to experiment with as an approach. And I got some initial feedback uh, from a couple of people that they thought it was helpful, but they weren't too sure, and you found it easier to go straight. But, you know, that could be because, you know, you you don't really need that. And it's it's adding an unnecessary step in the process that isn't really helpful to you. So, but, is there anyone else who has tried it enough, in, including uh, Peggy and Bob that just got here? I'm sorry, what were you talking about? I was talking about the suggestion I had last week of starting your meditation with a nice, long, gradual period of just getting into your body and being aware of the surroundings and so forth before you go to the focus of the breath at the nose. Yes, well, I did that. And uh, actually, um, I was doing that completely. I mean, through the whole meditation. Uh-huh. And when I, st- I started it last week here, and I thought it seemed to work, but it it rather quickly seemed not to work so well. Is that right? What I discovered that was happening was I was having trouble focusing on anything. I mean, uh-huh. I, I, I noticed the different things that were going on. My breath was certainly a big part of uh, the sensory experience. Um, I don't know the different sensations in my body, the ringing in my ears, but I found myself, you know, I said, oh, well, I shouldn't be focusing on the breath. I should be looking for other things. And it it seemed like, um, I mean, ultimately, and I'd still like to give us more time, but 
but it seems like uh, uh, it, it just has not. I, I seem to be having more trouble focusing because I've got too many things to, to choose from, and uh, I, I get this feeling, well, I should be looking at something else, and mm -hmm. so that's what's happened so far. But I still okay. like to try it a little more. Well, I think uh, <clears throat> please keep trying, but. Uh, think of it this way, that uh, you don't need to be aware, if your mind's wanting to come to a focus on the breath, let it. And, and the whole idea is to let your mind come to that focus in a more natural and less forced way, but not to keep it from it. Okay? Yeah, I think I see that, and I think just now I see that's what I was doing. It was, it was, it was coming to the breath, and I said, oh, i got to be looking for yeah. something. Yeah, so I should have just... Let that happen and not interfere with it. Yeah, the, really, I suppose if <clears throat> if we looked into the psychology of, of this suggestion, what it's really all about is is involving less force of will and allowing a more natural development of the of the focus. And I still think there might be value in that. But you know, that's the whole thing with meditation instruction in general, is it, there are so many subtly different ways to interpret something that you almost have to have over and over again the kind of conversation you and I just did to discover you know, uh, the different interpretations of, of what the words actually mean. So, yeah. but anyway, for all of you here, um, do at least to the extent like if if you if your mind goes right to the breath, well then that's wonderful. You don't need to do anything else. But if you're finding that you have a lot of a, a, a lot of other stuff going on in your mind that causes you to forget the breath a lot and uh, triggers longer periods of mind wandering, then please do experiment with a slower and more natural movement towards being focused. And for everyone, no matter what you're doing in your practice, try to keep in mind to make the entire experience as enjoyable and pleasant as possible. So be on the lookout for, of course, as we were talking about in this, if you're examining your bodily sensations, notice those sensations in particular that are pleasant, satisfying, you know, calm, and so forth. But also, at any other point in your practice, like in particular, <clears throat> when your mind does start to settle down and stay with your meditation object, it may not be very pronounced, but there is most likely a, feel, a pleasurable feeling of calmness associated with that, right? Experience that? So, um, make sure that you are aware of that and you allow that pleasant aspect of the practice that has arisen to make its imprint in your mind. You know, be, let yourself be aware of it and savor uh, provide positive feedback to your mind for those processes that uh, are working.
leben. Okay, well, yes. I think I was a little confused last week because mm-hmm. that's what I always do. That's what you always do. Yeah, I, I, I mean, sometimes I find myself focusing on breath, but I just kind of wait and see what comes up, mm-hmm. and that's uh, I. And and then when you said that last week, I thought, well, maybe I'm doing it wrong because mm-hmm. I should have been focusing on my breath. Mm-hmm. Before and it's only a time so that you mm-hmm. Well, this is a good, a very good point to try to get some more clarification on. <clears throat> the the value of having a, a focus for your attention is that. It's a way of taking all of these different parts of your mind and bringing them together. And that's what the word samadhi actually means, is gathering together, as in gathering together of the mind. And uh, as you heard me say many times, your mind is many different processes, and most of the time they're kind of going in different directions, sort of like a herd of cats. We try to get our herd of cats to behave more like they do in a Disney movie where they can all dance and step to the music. <laughs> so, um, and, and that's really, that's the value and purpose and the function of having uh, a focus. It, well, it has a variety of different purposes. One is that it, uh, the the quality of your attentional stability is going to be a, a very precise and direct reflection of how scattered your mind is. You know, if your mind, to the degree that all the different parts of your mind are still wanting to go different directions, you're not going to have any stability. As more and more of your mind becomes synchronized and coherent and gets on task with the same project, which in this case is just watching the breath then that's going to be reflected by a, a significantly increased stability of mind. Um, now, the other benefits that come from, when, when your attention starts to stabilize on one thing, and I'm not talking about a, you know, the, this kind of focus, just you know, as, as if your gaze is of uh, your eyes, is stable in one direction without moving around a lot. It allows your awareness to expand and encompass basically everything that's out there. Whereas when your eyes are darting here and there, you know, you only see what your eyes are landing on. And we find the same thing, you know, when our mind settles down in meditation, that the inner landscape becomes apparent. We become, and also, Having having a, a, a fixed focus helps us in many ways to become more aware of everything that else is going on. We become aware of when the focus is moving, and we become aware of what it's moving towards or away from, and so forth. So, the inner landscape and the behavior of your mind starts to reveal itself when you have 
the sort of stability of focus. So that's another value of it. And then the, uh, <clears throat> another very significant thing. Um, this is something that we all experience when, when our mind is truly unified and focused on one particular activity. We have a, a, a profound sense of, of uh, enjoyment of that. You, you all know that experience. And that's actually been studied uh, as, as a psychological phenomenon. It's called flow. Uh, and uh, a psychologist named Csikszentmihalyi has studied it quite extensively and written a few books about it. And uh, it is, you know, it describes it as flow because you uh, you, you feel that you're, you're very much in the flow of the activity, but it's something that he has studied in all kinds of people, surgeons and chess players and athletes, that they get to this place where they're just completely, that their mind is unified, they're completely focused on the task at hand, there's no internal conflict going on, they're not thinking about other things, and it is a very, very pleasant experience. And of course, what we find in meditation is if you can train your mind to stay somewhat stably on one activity, you know, like observing the sensations of the breath, you'll start to experience that, that calm and that pleasant of flow, pleasantness of flow. And the pleasurable aspects of that will sort of recruit the rest of your mind to get on the same task. And so it has a sort of a positive reinforcement. And uh, if you're familiar with the stages of meditation, when you get to the eighth stage of meditation, that's basically what's happened is your mind has unified and it's produced this really powerful sense of, of pleasure, joy, happiness. And that, that becomes a vehicle for making your concentration even much more deep than it was before, more, much more stable than it was before. So, the direction that you want to be going up to a certain point is the mind becoming more and more settled on a single focus and staying there for a longer and longer period of time. And until you start to get that, that, uh, that state of unification of the mind which is characterized by uh, not just pleasure and joy, but it's also effortless. Now what's wonderful there, once it becomes effortless, then you don't need a single object anymore. Once your mind is unified, now it's, it becomes very mobile. It can move, it can stay still, instead of being focused on one thing, it can open up and take in everything. And, and that's, where, that's where we're really trying to go. We use a single point of focus to bring us to the state of unification of mind and effortlessness, at which point we don't necessarily need to continue with the single point of focus anymore. So always in meditation, the challenge is, how do we get from the normal everyday condition where your brain is multitasking in all kinds of ways that you're not even aware of, because a huge proportion of it is happening at a subconscious level. But in terms of your conscious awareness, it, this 
multitasking of your very, very busy mind it manifests as a high degree of distractibility, of attention that bounces around, and actually a sort of vague sense of uh, restlessness, dissatisfaction, sort of mental discomfort. So how do we get from there? This is the whole challenge of meditation. How do we get from there to this place where the mind is now malleable and wieldy, it effortlessly does whatever you need it to do, and it's it's enjoyable, it's pleasant, you know. And so that's what I'm always looking for better ways to get there. And of course, in this progress, in this process, process, progress, yeah, they both work. In this process, it's those very, very early stages that are the toughest for most people. They sit down to meditate, and, and of course, there's always the novelty effect. The first time usually goes really well, but after a little while, you know, they start to uh, get discouraged. My mind's so busy, you know. You know, maybe maybe I can't do this. I'm not like other people, uh, or have thoughts like that. Everybody has thought like thoughts like that. So when you think you're different, you're the same as everyone. So, but uh, anyway. Always trying to find some way to help people get to that place more quickly. And I've come to realize more and more that the biggest obstacle to creating unification of mind and that effortlessness is the mental divisiveness that comes from one part of the mind judging what's going on or criticizing what other parts of the mind are doing and, and so forth. And what it takes to get there, I think, is a lot of positive reinforcement, focus on the joy, the happiness that comes from even the most minute, successful aspects of your practice. Because you're conditioning the mind making use of the faculties that it already has, capabilities that it already has, but gently coaxing them into working in a much uh, in a much more positive and effective way than they normally do. So what you were doing is really what I'm suggesting that might be good for people, I think. What I gather from you is that you've been having very positive meditation experiences, really enjoying them. And that's what I'm thinking, is we don't if we don't push ourselves too hard, if you take your time moving towards taking just the breath at the nostrils as, as a focus, then you might actually, by taking your time and enjoying every step of the journey, you might actually get there sooner. That's the theory, that, uh, that rather than, than, than pushing too hard, be gentle with yourself and see if you don't get there sooner. But it's also important to understand that to get, to get the maximum benefits from the practice, we need to bring about this state of uh, very strong unification and a high level of clarity of the mind. 
and that uh, the traditional tool that's been used for so very, very long is to take a particular object and to become more and more consistently focused upon that object. So that is the general direction that you should be moving. But I think the mind naturally goes in that direction. So, you know, even when you sit there and decide to be aware of whatever's happening in your body, you'll feel something one place or another, and as your attention moves to it, don't you have that feeling of the mind sort of contracting about around this thing and taking it as an object? And then it may let go of it and go somewhere else, but when it arrives at that new object, it kind of contracts around that. So uh, that's the normal behavior of your mind. Uh, we're just looking to bring that more under intentional control and bringing more stability to it. My experience while I'm meditating isn't nearly as enjoyable as the benefits I get from meditating that I feel all the time. I mean, sometimes it's hard for me to meditate. I have times when I'm just waiting for the end of that 45 yeah. minutes, you know, and I have other times when there is no time. Uh, time, what, how long I've been meditating isn't even mm -hmm. on the chart. Um, but it's it's that feeling that I have the rest of the time when I'm not meditating. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a, a light feeling around my face, mm -hmm. kind of a glowy type feeling, a calm, a happiness. Mm -hmm. and, and I believe that that comes out of my meditation. I, I it's think more fun than meditating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it probably does. Um, see, what I what I have found is that um, meditation is extremely enjoyable, and less and less is there that much distinction between when I'm meditating, when I'm formally meditating, and when I'm not. So, in just a moment, we're going to sit here and close our eyes, and it's, there's there's not that much of a, a difference between the two, and then the bell will ring, and, and, and the, the pleasure of that and the, and the quality of focus that I enjoy comes with me. And I think, I, I think that this is what, uh, I think there's other experienced meditators in the room who I think would uh, confirm that, would they not? Yes. Can I add something? I don't know uh, how many people have done yoga, but I think the, the important thing about what you're saying is that we're learning a technique to get to the place that we want to be. And so the technique that we're talking about is breathing. But if anyone's done yoga, the first my first introduction to meditation was that feeling you get at the end of yoga when they put you in shavasana and you just exhausted the muscles in your body and your brain can relax. And for some people, you might have learned it in a sport that you had done. And another time, I took a meditation class, and we did visualization techniques where we visualized moving energy around in our body. So I think that it's, it's different techniques that work for different people. But to not get caught up on the technique and to realize that the point is to, to launch into that deeper place. Well, 
the, the point of the practice is, is really what's most important to keep in mind, I agree. Uh, but to be really successful in achieving that, you, I'd say you also do need to take a technique and work with it until you get the best effects from it. So, but yes, uh, you know, uh, it's called practice, and I think it, it is, you know, you could, you could say, well, it's practice for all the time when you're not sitting how you want your mind to work and how you want it to be. Um, and another way of looking at it is that it's a period of training and conditioning your mind. And as that training and conditioning takes hold, then you enjoy the benefits of having a, a mind that's conditioned in a very wholesome way all of the time. And of course, by, with yoga or any other kind of physical exercise, you, you do your exercises, you do your workout, but the real payoff is the, the uh, uh, abilities, the physical abilities that you've developed during that period that are available to you all the rest of the day, so, all the rest of the time. So it's the same principle there. Right?